This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Marlene, you are the most uh, consistent person I know. She caught me, sometimes I get into a really rough mood sometimes. But she, she found me, I was having probably one of the best days I've had in a long time. And, and, the, and the message came exactly at that time. I said, you know what, I've got to do the event. So this is why I'm here. And then I looked into this organization. The organization is an absolutely amazing organization. The fact that you can give people such a lift. Number one, inflation. Number two, COVID. I mean, just to, to get people to worry less and to be able to have more Shalom Bayit is unbelievable. Our sages tell us that if you leave somebody else's house empty, if you, a person leaves somebody's meal empty, and you're eating at your, at your specific on the holidays, that if you don't support other people's tables, your table is going to be judged. So our, our sages, Rav Nachman, speaks about the importance of giving charity to other people, for Shalom Bayit. It's always extremely... So this is a, this is a direct segula for anybody that wants Shalom Bayit, take care of somebody else's... Give somebody else peace of mind, and God will give you peace of mind. And that's an extremely, just from that organization, as soon as I heard it, here you go, what do you need? I, I, I'm a supporter myself. Anything that you could do for another person, Shalom Bayit, directly mirrors to you. So if any of you are struggling in that area, if any of you are alive, you're probably dealing with some issue with that area. T- stop thinking about yourselves all the time. Just think about somebody else, and at the end of the day, that's usually the solution to most things. Today I'm going to talk to you about a bunch of things today. I, really, it's, this, this class I want to talk to you, we're going to talk about Tomer Devorah, we're going to talk about consciousness. I'm going, to give you a, I'm going to give you a book and a concept that you can pretty much get rid of a lot of trauma in your life, give you a different way of looking at something, and most importantly, to give you energy. The worst thing that we can have today, they can't hear me? Really? Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll make it Moroccan style, maybe. Okay. You hear me now better? Okay. The worst thing that we could do today is let our personal reality become our personality. This is one of the biggest things I do to try to get people to shift. When all of a sudden my husband's not nice, my my husband uh, did this to me, I'm bitter my whole life. This person did that to me, I didn't get invited to a wedding, I'm bitter my whole life. That means basically your whole life is affected by other people. To the extent that you're affected by other people, you're a hostage and you're a slave. And I'm going to teach you tonight on how to let go. And, and I, the fact that this is a women's class, obviously, this is an area where you guys are going to struggle more than men. So we're going to be very real today. I know what people go through. And I'm going to teach you how to let go through the Torah's way. We have, a, we have many options. We could be in therapy for 25 years. Or we could do something we never did before. And when you, when you do something you never did before, you're going to get something you never had before. And that's really, really what I want you to do right now, is I want you to think outside the box. We're going to talk about how to do that, but the importance of letting go and forgiveness is huge. This night is all about giving. That's what we're doing tonight. And the fact that you can give and you can forgive, what's going to do is it's going to make you mirror your Creator. And this is an area, I can't tell you, important, whoever's married, whoever's single, 
start learning how to let things go. Because if not, your personality will become your personal reality. Your whole life, you'll see the world through the wrong lens. And this is what we want to do. We're not letting the other people go. We're trying to free ourselves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna begin. Yeah, this mic thing is really tough. You guys really can't hear me, really? Can't hear me, really? Yeah? Okay, hold on. It's just the mic thing is really tough. No, we don't have a head. We don't have a head. This, if you have this, this chart, everybody have it? Everybody have a chart? This is a map of consciousness. What this is, is it's basically your energy level. Okay? For example, let's say you're an angry person. You live in anger, or you live in fear. Your level, your level of energy is pretty much at 100. Okay? What, happen- what does it mean at 100? That means when I'm living in fear, I'm automatically, my emotion of, is going to be automatically what? Anxiety and withdrawal. When you ask a person that has, that's living in fear, what is their opinion of God? Their opinion of God is usually, God, this world is frightening, God is punitive. So directly the way, to the extent that you let go and you rise in consciousness, the way you look at people, the way you look at your creator will change. Sometimes you hear this all the time. Hashem is angry with me. Uh, um, Hashem is frightening. This world is frightening. Again, we are not saying that this world is not full of pain. I'm not saying that. But I'm trying to get you guys to get, to let go and live in trust, live in mercy. And when you, when you live in trust and live in mercy, your whole life changes. And when you live in trust and mercy, opportunities come, zivugim come, peace of mind comes. The most important thing is that we want to get from a victim to a co-creator. That is the goal here. We're going from a victim to a co-creator. When I'm living like a victim, I'm practically in constricted consciousness. Okay, anything below, if you look at 200 or low, that means that person's living in constricted consciousness. What does that mean, constricted consciousness? That means that my ego is running my life. The minute I start rising into courage, that means my soul is running my life. When your soul is running your life, you start looking, you start understanding people instead of judging them. You start looking at giving people the benefit of the doubt instead of taking things personal. You start looking at the grand picture. When you look at things below 200, you're looking at things practically as a victim. That means the job of the ego, what does our ego do? The job of the ego is to make everything about you. Okay? It's only the thing about you. I'm getting insulted. That person did this to me. She's talking about me. You can never grow in consciousness until you stop getting out of you. And this is not something that is going to come to you easy. This is something you have to work on. And I can't explain to you how much important this is going to be in marriage or in anything. And if you don't let things go, then you're, you live with very low energy. And when you're living with low energy, the smallest things will become exhausted. Taking care of your kids will be exhausted. You have to learn how to let things go. 
I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you how to do that. You have to understand how the reward for dealing with pain in life, the reward for dealing with pain well, is you're going to get growth. The reward for growth is you're going to be able to become a giver. The reward for giving is purpose. So there's a, there's a tremendous amount of reward here. That means we're not doing this just because I'm doing it. I'm doing it because at the end of the day, you have to understand something. If the ultimate goal in life is to give, correct? This is what this whole organization is about. I can never give if I am stuck in becoming a victim with a victim mindset or I'm not looking in a growth oriented. So to the extent that we deal with pain the right way, we end up getting growth. The reward for pain is growth. The reward for growth is giving. The reward for giving is purpose. Do we know people that are, anytime you handle pain well, right away you want to give, because you're growing. So if we're not growing and giving, it's a sign that we're too self-centered. Again, guys, don't take things personal. I'm not going to be in Queens every night. And when I'm going to deliver a message, it's not going to be fluff. It's going to be something that, it might bother you a little bit. It's going to sting, which is good. This is exactly what we want. We want to hit the nerves a little bit. Because if if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. We could talk about the partial all day long. We could talk about whatever you want to talk about. But if you really want to get, believe me, I know what it is to be a husband. I know what it is. I hear Shalom Bayit issues all the time. And the, the majority of the issue is, can you just let it go? And that's something, when you let go, what's going to happen in life when you start letting go? Then God cleanses you. Then God lets go for you. That means the way you treat people below is the way your creator treats you above. So I'm going to teach you how to look at people and problematic people as an opportunity, not say toxic, well, get out of my life, which is, this is the American model. Oh, toxic, toxic, everybody's toxic. Everybody's toxic? How about if I told you difficult people are in your life for a chance to give you mercy? How would you, how would you think of that one? What do you think God puts poor people in your life for? What, these people are, don't know what they're doing? What, they don't know? They're shlamazels? The poor person is there for the giver. So the giver can give the poor. And the poor can give a chance to the giver. They both help each other. So if I'm going to tell you right now, difficult people are in your life for a reason. You're, you're not, you're, the job in life is not just to shut them down. Your job is to give them, understand them, and give them mercy. And when you do that, things will happen for you. When you give mercy below, mercy is given on high. But when you hold a grudge, when you are angry, and you hold on to things, there's no mercy. Because you're getting treated the way your Creator treats you. A lot of this can be very religious, but not spiritual. That's the problem here, guys. We've confused religion and spirituality. You have to be spiritual too. Religious is not enough. Okay, just be religious and not be spiritual. I can worship the Shulchan Aruch. doesn't mean I'm a spiritual person. So extremely important to understand that. It's extremely. Your level of happiness will also be affected completely. Because when you live in mercy, you look at chances to give mercy. 
And I want to understand how important that concept is. Also, when you're letting go and forgiving, forgiving, this is showing you that you're growing in your life. When you are holding grudges and not things go, it shows you, again, there's very little growth. What are you learning about Amunah for? What are you learning about these things for if you don't change? If the Torah is not changing you, it's not internalizing in you, then something's wrong. Then it's just in your head. You got to bring it down into your heart. The biggest kindness you could do is do the kindness at home. And the way you do the kindness at home is by start understanding each other instead of judging each other. And believe me, I'm just going to tell you what Rabbi Nachman said 250 years ago, just to, just to show you. He says, He says, the world is full of strife. Each one of us has a miniature world. All strife, strife is identical. Every person, even if they want to live in peace, they're still going to have difficult people in their lives. You could move to Switzerland, you could move to Queens, Syria, it doesn't matter where you go. You could sit in a box, you're going to have strife people with you. Basically, he's telling you, each person in your life, no matter how much peace you want, this is why the, the joke of, you know, you want to get married, I don't want, but they have a problematic mother-in-law. Oh, that's it? Only that? Take the deal. You're going to get something out of it. There's no, no, there's no such thing as no strife. Because remember, if I don't have difficult people in my life, I won't have a chance to have mercy. How about if I told you, if you walk around, let's say you, you have to live in a beautiful house, you're healthy, and you're pissed off all of a sudden, you walk around pissed off by some nonsense comment. So you're ungrateful. Technically, you're insulting God. You're insulting God because you're angry about something and you're not recognizing that 95% of your life is good, but you're focusing on the 5%. That's a form of insult. Correct? So what you do is, so what happens? God wants to cleanse you, so he sends you difficult people in your life, so you can forgive them, so you can be forgiven. Do you understand? Difficult people in your life are there as an opportunity for you to be forgiven. You should look at them as a gift, not as a toxic, bad, etc. I'm not telling you to go hang out with them all day long, but I'm trying to get you guys from judgment to understanding. There's too much judgment, and the problem is when we're living in judgment, our Creator treats us like a father, like a king. If we live in peace, our Creator treats us like a father. So the way you treat people below is the way your Creator treats you. So sometimes when we need that miracle, we need that, God forbid, that cancer to go away. We need that miracle. We need that your, your Parnassah thing. We need that house. We need whatever it is. It'll come to you when you give mercy. But when you're a strict individual and you're, oh, it has to be this way. And if this person doesn't apologize, I won't talk to them. That's not doing anything for you. It's nothing but, nothing but feeding your ego. It's doing nothing but feeding your ego. And it's for sure not getting you anything in mercy in heaven. You need to understand that. This is one of the things, believe me, I used to be a very revengeful person. I started reading Tomer Devorah, which we're going to talk about. My whole life changed. Because I looked at difficult people as an opportunity. Instead of judgment, I went into understanding. Because I know, if I'm judging him the wrong way, I'm going to get judged the wrong way. 
And I don't want to be judged the wrong way. I'd rather have a very easy flow below so in heaven they don't judge me. And I hate to tell you how many, God forbid, how many sicknesses today are related to stored emotions. I cannot explain to you the amount of sicknesses today, the research is there, the amount of sicknesses dealing with stored emotions. God forbid. Again, but the last thing you want is if somebody hurts you, it doesn't mean now you have to hurt yourself. Holding it in is hurting yourself. You're not doing anything for anybody. We have to work on letting go. And when we work on letting go, the world takes, you get the breaks in life that you get. And sometimes we wonder, why are we not getting those breaks in life? Why is this thing so stuck? Very simple. Because you're stuck. Where can I go? Why am I so clogged here? Our sages tell us you're not allowed to seek revenge. You have to be able to let go. And here is your personality. That means your, your energy level. Imagine living, imagine going from, imagine what would, what would you pay today to live with three times more energy? What would that call? What would you pay for that today? Imagine to have three times more energy in your life. People ask me, how do you have energy to do this? At daily podcasts, run businesses. How do you think, what do you think, why do you think I have energy? Think about it. Uh, I struggle sometimes, but because I, I manage my energy. I don't, I don't hold on to things that if I can let it go, I'm going to let it go. Because if I'm holding on to things, that affects my ability to perform. That affects my ability. So I'm doing it for myself. Forgiveness is not for the person, it's for you. It's not for them. Forgiveness is for you. Because that means forgiveness is saying, I've got to such a higher level that I'm going to be mimic my creator. I no longer need to feed my ego. The ego is the one holding the grudge. So when we start growing in spirituality, we start letting go, we live in a much higher consciousness. For example, the level of energy of forgiveness, mercy, is 350. How do, how do you track energy? For example, when somebody lies, when you're not living in truth, you, you get affected. You physically are weaker. The same thing. When I'm living in honesty, I, I'm not doing any... I could do a test with women, but I don't do it, obviously. But you could test your level of energy based on what you're saying. Your truth. That means the more truth you have, the more energy you have in something. But when you're living in, when you're living in a lie... When you're living in fear, you're living in anger, that affects and takes your energy. And what happens is when you reject energy, you're living with, with that emotion the whole day. And it's really affecting you. We start becoming the key. Again, the goal of all of this is our sages tell us, do not judge a person until you understand everything about them. I guarantee you, how many people spend time understanding people versus judging them? Very few people. Judge right away. Do you understand? Judge right away. If you, start, if you took a little time to understand the person, you would see the difference and you would start judging less and understanding more. When you start doing that, your life changes completely. Your life changes because why? You don't make everything about you. And that means you'll have more energy. But I'm not, there's nowhere where I can go, 
Reb Nachman saying? That he's saying you might want to live in peace and you don't want to have any desire for strife, but you're going to still get dragged into it because man is a miniature world. What you see in the world out there is what you see in your own life. So if you have a troubling aunt, mother-in-law, sister, nothing new under the sun. Imagine writing a book. My, I, ha- I have a tough mother-in-law. How many copies would you sell? I mean, what else is new? It's like, seriously, what, what else is new? What, what, what is new? The question is, is that person affecting you? Is that person affecting you? Are they taking your energy? If that's the answer, then it's your fault. That's your problem. So what does the Torah divorce say? So the, the benefits of forgiving, letting go, I just want to explain to you, is you're going to have, you're going to live with much more energy, you're going to have, you're going to smile more, you're going to be controlled but less by people, and you're going to be free. That is the, and, and if, what, what, what price that is for you, you should ask yourself, what would I do today to have double the energy I have today? What would I do to have more peace in my marriage? What would I do? I mean, I don't know what the price is. Or we can talk about, you know, we can talk about the person all day long, or we can look at it as an opportunity. In order to let go, before we get into the Torah Devor, and I'll answer some questions, because I know everybody feels like they got stunned over here. <laughs> let go? What does that mean? Let go? Yes. It's called letting go. <laughs> yes. The, num- number four, the first thing you have to do between any event, incident that happens, number one, you have to create space between the situation and your response not your reaction. Do you understand? Remember, you guys have an issue in general with kavod. That is the Yetzirah for women. That is the number one Yetzirah for women, is kavod. The Yetzirah for men is, is their eyes. Kavod means honor, validation, I have to be number one. I get it. Everybody has that. If God gave you a stronger, if he made you, if he didn't want you to have this issue, then he wouldn't give you that, 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 that neshama. He would give you a stronger neshama that can handle it. But he purposely gave you issue with kavod. So this is your blind spot. That is your blind spot. Man's blind spot is promiscuity. That's the bottom line. So this is an area where you, guys can let go of things easy. Woman is harder to let go. It's, it's, it's the way you're made. It's the way you're made. So the husband can give you, compliment you, so you can become a giver, and then he gets the, the lights back. So it's not, it's okay if you have the struggle because you're a human being. But how do I let go where I don't have to wait on, on covered or honor my whole life so I can, otherwise, again, the whole point is otherwise I, I have no control of my life. If this person's nice to me, if that person's not nice to me, my whole life, what, my, my energy level goes down? Basically, you're a hostage. You're a hostage otherwise. What happens if somebody has a bad day? Then you're a hostage? And I'm going to explain to you how things work in life. 99% of things that happen in this world are not even about you. How, how, I'm going to tell you that. It's called displacement. How does this start? Let's say a husband has a fight with his wife. Correct? Or let's say all of a sudden the wife wakes up in the wrong side of the bed. Tells the husband, gives him a comment. They have a fight. Okay? You don't make enough money. 
God forbid that should ever happen, right? All of a sudden, what do you think the husband's going to do? He's holding it in. And what do you think all of a sudden he goes to work? His secretary comes in. What is he going to do with his secretary? She's going to tell the secretary, she comes in 15 minutes late. Do you think you own the company? Do what you want. He's going to yell at his secretary for no reason. Why? Because he's holding on to that negative negativity. He's holding on to that negativity. That negativity has to go somewhere. So it's going to go right to his secretary. The secretary is going to all of a sudden, her, her husband is going to come to work. He's going to say, hey honey, do you want to go out to lunch? What do you think she's going to tell him? No. If you made enough money, I wouldn't be working here. All she asked him was to go out to lunch. What did I do? I want to go to lunch with my wife. Now I'm not making enough money. And, I, and it's your fault why I'm working here. Okay, make, let's see if that makes any sense. Okay. Then, the guy's son's going to want to play baseball with him. And what's going to happen? She's gonna, he's going to tell his son, I'm not playing baseball with you. You need to get more friends. All of a sudden, now the kid's affected by this by this situation. And then all of a sudden, what happens next? The kid takes the ball and he, and he throws the ball at the dog. And the dog bites the cat. Do you understand? <laughs> so everybody here is caught up in that, that middle here somewhere. And all you're doing is taking other people's garbage and just transferring it to another people. Because very few people say, hmm, I shouldn't make it about me. That person's yelling at me. Is that everything's about me? No? I'm gonna, maybe that person didn't sleep well. Maybe they're... Who cares what it is? But why is everything about you? If you make everything about you, then all you're doing is taking, the, taking that energy and dumping it on your kids. What did they do? I'm just trying to explain to you how it all works. Energy just doesn't go away. Somebody has to say, this is not about me. So you have to create space between what happens, the comment, and you have to say, I'm not going to respond, I'm going to react. I'm not going to react, I'm going to respond. That person's had a rough morning. This is not going to be easy when you do this. You're going to see, you're going to play all day long triggers. But when you start recognizing, I'm going to start responding, not reacting. Now what you could do is you could stop that whole pattern of negativity. But otherwise, this is what's happening in the world, especially in New York, by the way. You can just see everybody's just dumping from one thing to the other thing to the other. Little thing. If little things bother you, that means you're holding on to, you're a pressure cooker. If every little thing that bothers you, that means you are holding on to so many things that it's just a matter of something, a little trigger, and you're just going to go off on somebody. Forget what anger does. It makes you lose money. It makes you lose wisdom. It makes you have a soul from the other side. It makes you have judgment. It makes you have strife in your house. So to the extent that we don't have a system to let things go, and we don't know how to be mindful, then all day long, can you believe what happened to me today? Can you believe what happened to me? Or can you believe what my husband said all day long? That's going to be your life. And that's not what you want. It's not going to do much for you, but vent and vent and vent. So first, you have to create space. Second, you have to, you have to understand, you have to, you have to respond, not react. Number three, you have to recognize that 
Hurt people, hurt others. Do you treat people well when you're in a good mood? Yes? Correct? But when you're not in the best mood, do you treat people differently? Yes. That means our mood is a shadow of our self-esteem. How we feel about ourselves is the way we treat people. The same text message comes to you. When you're in a good mood, no problem, yes. The same text message comes, you don't answer. I know myself. I, I, I don't. Okay? I see, I see things are building up. But we treat people exactly how we feel about ourselves. And if you don't feel good about yourself, you're going to treat people that way. It's very simple, because what are you doing with the energy? Energy has to go somewhere. If you're not elevating it up to God, it's going to go somewhere. It's going to get dumped on somebody else. And this is where hurt people hurt others. So you always have to assume that the fact that you have to be able to recognize that person yelled at you has nothing to do with me. That's the way he feels about himself. Only if I make it about me. Next, the third thing, the fourth thing you have to ask yourself is what... There's no way that you can be angry unless you're holding anger yourself. For example, if you call me fat, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. But let's say I was really overweight and you called me fat, it would bother me because I would have insecurities about my weight. Do you understand? So you cannot get affected by a comment unless you have something there that needs to be worked on. Do you understand? There's something about you in that comment that you got insulted, there's a little bit of low self-esteem that God's telling you you got to work on. That means there's an unworthiness in you that it was so, why were you so bothered by that comment? Because at the end of the day, if that, I, I just told you that the comment wasn't even about you. It was about that person being pissed off and dumping it on somebody else. Why should that comment really bother you anyway? Have patience. This is not going to happen overnight where you're going to get superhuman and let everything go. But at least I want to give you a target to go. I just want you to, to think outside the box a little bit and not just become a, you know, just a reactor. Do you understand? You have to understand. If I just told you that the comment is not even about you. How many times do you see people with bad childhood? Was it about the kid? No. The father wasn't able to give. The father can't give. What do you want from a person that can't give you? So the fourth thing is you have to view the person's limitations. You have to recognize that that person is yelling at me over a venti cappuccino. There's major problems in this guy's life. I should have rachamim on the guy. If this is what he's upset about, you have to do to hell him all day long for the guy. Because that means got no life anyway. If this should bother, this is this is the thing that bothers you. This is this is what you give your way your energy over. You know the you didn't make the right food for him. I mean, there's a bigger issue than that. No, no we, don't we agree? Okay. So you have to view the person's limitations, and you have to recognize. Newsflash: Some people just don't have the ability to give. You can't put a square a circle into a square. Just like you, couldn't, you can't tell somebody who's handicapped to play basketball with you. Some people are emotionally handicapped. They don't know how to give. So don't assume that they're not giving it to you because 
something's wrong with you. They don't have it to give. That means it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Because it's not about you. Parent can't give. What do you want to tell you? Maybe his parent couldn't give. Life is difficult. So we don't want to become victims. We don't want to be in therapy for 25 years. Talking about our childhood and losing our self-esteem. What does it have to do with you anyway at the end of the day? If a person can't give, what does it have to do with you? Nothing. Do you understand? Some husbands can't give. You have to talk, tell them. You assume that your husbands know everything that's, and they're saying this because they don't love you. No, you don't, they don't know. Men don't know. Don't assume. Honey, I would like for you to do this. This makes me happy. Okay. Instead of just holding on. Oh, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. How do you know what he knows? What he knows? How do you know? Can he read your mind? He doesn't know. Talk. Honey, this makes me happy. This doesn't make me happy. This makes me happy when you say hello, when you text good morning, when you say hello, yes. This doesn't make me happy. But holding it in, hi honey, how you doing? Fine. How's it? Fine. That doesn't work. You're not doing anybody a favor for anybody. But this is what people do. Fine. How you doing? Great. Do you understand? Passive aggressive. For what? What are you, who, who, who are you helping? Talk. Talk. Let it go and, and explain. This is what makes me happy. This one doesn't make me happy. People don't assume everything. So that's key. The key is I'm going to get into solutions in my life when I'm not making everything about me. When I'm looking at the whole point where that I, I have to understand that people don't have the ability to give. And if they can't give, then I can't do anything about it. Life is not perfect. I'm sorry to tell you that. But you, what you could do is instead of changing the situation, you could change the way you view the situation. And then you are free. Because some change situations cannot be changed. You will probably never get a Republican governor in this state. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. So you might as well say at least, you know, we have good food. I don't know what to tell you. Or at least there's Miami, exactly. Do you understand? There's some things you can't change. What are you going to do? Uh, am I going to live in a hostage to that? So when, when life hits you and you can't change the situation, you have to start changing the way you view the situation. Such as a bad childhood, such as this. My mother, instead of being upset that she wasn't able to give you, you have to, you have to explain to her, you have to recognize she wasn't able to give because she doesn't have to give. So that's where forgiveness comes. That's where you're freeing yourself and you are now, you're, you have more energy when you forgive. You understand? You're free. The purpose in life is to be free. That should be your goal. What should, how would you, how would you, I want to be free today. I don't want to be affected by people's comments. I don't want to, I don't want to be affected by people's validations. I don't want to be affected by anything. Because kavod is going to ruin your life. It's going to ruin your life. And guess what? The more you feel, the more you don't feel good about yourself, the more you're going to need it. It's an empty tank. And what happens when you don't get it? Then you're, then you're hostage. And I hate to tell you, but people will give you more things when you're happier, not when you're needy. Nobody's hanging out with needy people. I promise you. We avoid phone calls with needy people, don't we? We're not running to get them. 
Why? Why is needy? It's because the way it works in, in, in anything in life. The more you seek something, the more it runs away from you. The more you want to be liked, the less people will like you. But the more you like yourself, the whole world will show up for you. That's how it works. It works exactly like that in heaven. Our sages tell us when a person runs away from Kavod, Kavod runs to him. But when you run after Kavod, Kavod runs away from you. So it actually directly works in the opposite. Where you have to now become the better person, and then everybody else will want to make peace with you. When you make peace with yourself, people will make peace with you. It's a re- Heaven gives you that reward. But when you can't make peace with yourself, nobody's going to make peace with you. Because no matter what they'll tell you, you understand? It's not coming from a good place. It's not coming from a soul. You're not soul-centered. It's all about feeding the ego. Because I just told you right now that if you give mercy to people, God gives you mercy. Like, well, what is there to talk about? <laughs> Who needs mercy here? Everybody! Who doesn't need mercy? You have kids, you need mercy. That they, don't, they, don't, that they don't end up in the wrong places. You need mercy for Shalom Bayit. You need mercy for, for business. You need mercy for health. How many, mer- how, what, uh, I mean, what do we not need for mercy here? When you give charity, what do you think you're doing? You think it's helping the poor person? It's helping you. Why do you think a person is forced to give charity when he's running out of money? It's because his thinking got him stuck. He became self-centered. His thinking, his worrying, his fears. What do you need to do? Do the opposite. He needs mercy. So this is where you have to turn your life into a place to give mercy. And difficult people are places for you to get mercy. And when you live like that, you, you'll get things that you'll never have before because you became a, you became a godlike. You, you're, you're mimicking your creator. When you're mimicking your creator, all you, your creator is not a taker. Your creator is a giver. Right? We don't take from our creator. We, he's a giver. So when you are a giver, you imitate your creator, Therefore, you have more energy and you become godlike. And there's nothing greater in the world than when you go against your nature. That is the biggest form of giving. When in a normal place that you would hold a grudge, you forgive, that is the greatest gift you can give your creator because you went against your nature. You broke your nature. That is the greatest giving you could do. And because you broke your nature, Heaven breaks the nature for you. It, 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 it. We have opportunities all day long to get mercy. All day long. And you know where they are? Not in synagogue. In your house. At work. Everywhere. If we were really smart, we would invite every difficult person in our lives to dinner tonight, tomorrow night. And say, I need mercy. I need to give it out. But obviously, we, there's, there's a level to this also. But you can only do this if you're looking at it as God. You can't do this from a victim mindset. Because you'll never get to... It's, when you're living in a, a victim mindset, imagine if Yosef HaTzadik said... What did Yosef HaTzadik say? He didn't say, you sold me. He said, God sent me. I wasn't sold by you. What, look what his brothers did. That's a perfect case of trauma. Sold by his brothers... Name it in the book. That's a perfect case. PTSD. 
trauma for 25 years. He says, no, 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 I don't give energy away. I was sent here, it came from heaven. So when we say, when God's telling me, sending me, let's say, for example, you have an insecurity issue. And God does not want you to live with insecurities. He's going to send people to insult you. So it's obvious that you work on this issue. Because he doesn't want you to be weak. So heaven pretty much sends us areas in our life where we are weak, so we can get that area in our life so obvious that we're forced to fix it. And it's an area that you're going to struggle over and over again. Over and over again. Because it's an area that heaven wants you to fix. Because if you don't fix this area in your life, you will never get to the, you will never get to the next level. This is why it's, all these tests are so repetitive. And they seem exhausting, correct? Why is it exhausting? Why? Because he wants to get your attention. You understand? This is why the same lessons happen over and over again. You understand? It's extremely important. The reason why this is so important is because if you do not get out of your own head, you cannot become a giver. And if you can't give, what's the purpose? Do we need more victims? What, what else do we need? We need givers. This organization is created from giving. But if, let's say, everybody's thinking about themselves all day long, they wouldn't have a head to come up with an idea, to come up with this organization. Giving actually helps you get you out of your head. But I can't give if there's nothing in the tank to give. But when you, ha- when you give mercy to difficult people, not only will you feel like a million dollars, but you'll see, wow, I broke my nature. I normally got insulted by my husband, but now I let it go. We're not saying permit this behavior. We could talk about it in a different time. But I don't want to walk around as a victim. That is what we're trying to not... It's exactly the opposite of what the world is showing you and why the world is going in the direction it's gone. Because we're not promoting co-creators. Do you understand? We don't, we're, not, we're not promoting this. So this book, Tomer Devora, this is the one you should, you, should try to, you should try to buy, the blue one. What it does is it talks about 13 opportunities that you can input, like we just said before. The first, we create space. The second one, we, we respond, we don't react. The third one, we don't make it about us. The fourth one, we ask ourselves what triggered us in that situation. Number five, you view the person's limitations. And number six, now we're going to turn the insult into an opportunity for us to get mercy. Remember, you might not think you're insulting God, but you, we are insulting God all the time. When you're ungrateful and you're complaining, you're insulting God, believe it or not. I hate to tell it to you. When you're complaining, it's an insult. He gave you oxygen, he gave you health, he gave you... And all of a sudden, you're taking it for granted and you're focusing on small things. That is an insult. It's ingratitude. So what happens to that person who isn't grateful? What happens? If that person continues to be ungrateful, then there's no way blessings can come to that person because that person's ungrateful. So all of a sudden, heaven has to create a scenario where that, to get that person to get unstuck. So now, here comes a difficult person. So that person not really helps you to get unstuck. Do you understand? That person's actually helping you, believe it or not. Because you are now doing something you didn't have to do 
But we don't recognize how many times we are ungrateful, and every time we're ungrateful, it is an insult to God. It's an insult to God. You walk around unhappy, it's an insult to God. That means you don't approve of His world. You don't have a Muna. It's an insult. I know you don't think about it that way, but it's a form of insult. And he's bearing this insult. Do you agree? You're not getting zapped tomorrow. Right? He's bearing. He's bearing this insult. He's giving you a, a chance. So what happens? This book, Tomer Devorah, is basically telling you that there's 13 ways that you can pretty much imitate your creator. And every attribute that he has is exactly a way where I can have a cleansing above. So I use below to have a cleansing above. That's how it works. The people are not... You need to focus. Extremely important. When you do something like this, you have to view people as they're just the messengers. Don't shoot the messenger. Focus on the message. Focus on the message. I've seen this personally. People couldn't get married. People could have struggle. I said, who do you need to forgive? Right away. Because right now you need mercy. And you're holding on to grudges. And that's not going to help you right now to get married. So I get, them, I get people to forgive people right away. And you see the magic that happens. Because that gives your creator major, major, major pleasure when you are now part of his existence. You are now part of your purpose is to become a giver. You are now fulfilling your purpose in this world. So the first attribute is, first attribute that he does, and by the way, when we, what day do we do, when, 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 when do we say, Hashem, Hashem, El, Melech, Rahu, Bechanun, Erech, We say this on Yom Kippur a thousand times, by the way. Because that's the day of mercy. And what do you do before you do, what do you do before on Yom Kippur, the day before Yom Kippur? What do you do? You ask for forgiveness, hello? <laughs> Why do you ask for forgiveness? Because you're in a place now that you're going to get the greatest forgiveness, but how could you get forgiveness? Why on Yom Kippur specifically? Because that's the day where you're getting forgiveness. But if you don't do it the day before, it doesn't match. It's like you're asking God, give me mercy, give me mercy, give me mercy. Please give me mercy. And then somebody asks you, please forgive me. No. No, not forgiving you. Not talking to you. Okay. Cancel the mercy. He's not, he's not vibrating. You're not matching. Kabbalah is very simple. So is above, and so is on high. The lowers matches the uppers. It's not that difficult, by the way. It's basically God's telling you the way you want to live the world, you have a mirror world above. You have a shadow. We live in Salem Elkin. We live in shadow of God's life. God's, that means our shadow mimics the upper shadows. If you're in mercy, let's say you're living in mercy, then you will see mercy all the areas of your life. If you live in anger, then you will see nothing but anger your whole life. Everything will make you angry. You, you color your lenses. The type of lenses that you want to wear are based on your consciousness. Your consciousness is the type of glasses you wear. Today we wear different brands. No, that's my consciousness. That is how I see the world. An angry person cannot, if you're holding anger, it's very, going to be very hard for you to be, live in peace. 
Because that's the way you view the world. You view the world as everything has to be angry, everything has to be like this. Not true. It's just that's the con- that's your consciousness. So this is why we, we do classes every day. Because what do the ca- classes do? The classes teach you to raise your consciousness. So the more you raise your consciousness, the more the world looks completely different to you. When you stay in a lower consciousness, you only see the world based on that consciousness. So you can't expect amazing things to happen if you are not living in that world. For example, let's say you look, you're, 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 you're an angry person. Let's say, you know, you make a million dollars. What are you going to say? I can't believe I have to give 40% to the IRS. Or let's say, if you live in fear, what are you going to say? We better save it because I'm going to lose it. Huh? Why would you lose it? Who thinks like this? A person that thinks like this. Or if you live in pride, what are you going to say? I need to show this off to the whole world so they know I made the million dollars. But if you live in trust, nobody will know you made it. It won't change you. Money in the wrong hands with the wrong consciousness, it's just destructive. Let's say that person made a million dollars and it's a merciful person. What is he going to say? Wow, I can't believe I have a chance to give $100,000 to charity. It has nothing to do with the money. The money is going to come to 25 different people. But they'll do 25 different things with it based on how they view the world. It's that simple. It's that simple. So if you don't get the inside game right, the outside game will not change. And the most stupidest thing in the world is to wait for the outside game to change without you changing. This is why I'm screaming at singles all the time. What do you expect to happen if this is the way the, in, the inside game looks like? You're just attracting exactly in life. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. I don't care what you want. You get who you are. And that's the truth. That means don't expect you want any husbands to change. You got to start changing the way you view them. Got to start appreciating. God, it's very, guys are not complicated people. I hate to tell you. Believe it or not. It's called you compliment them. You appreciate them. And all guys want to do is they want to score. They want to do good things. But you can't tell him, this is not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. And expect that he's going to go out of his way to do something. Because all you're going to say, that's not good enough. But if you tell him, I can't believe how great you did that. You know what he's going to do? Oh, this is another opportunity for me to score. Next thing you know, he's going to go get your flowers. And next thing you know, because all of a sudden, he now has a chance to win. But if you put him in a situation where he has no chance to win, he's not going to go and do it anymore. Because he says, what's the difference? I'm going to lose anyway. That's the bottom line. And if you're not used to that mindset when you're single, and then you're going to have losing teams. So you, I don't care who you want to blame it on. Somebody has to change that energy in that relationship. Somebody has to change the relationship. Somebody. So don't expect it's just one person. Again, this is not easy, guys. I've been divorced. I'm trying to explain to you, it's a war. But I don't want you to look at it as, ah, I can't believe I gotta deal with this. I want you to look at it as this is an opportunity for me to get to a higher level of consciousness. This is an opportunity for me to attract better things. This is an opportunity for me. This is not a burden on me. You understand? This is an opportunity. Difficult people, forgiveness, 
forgiving, thanksgiving, giving. It's an opportunity for you to get better things in your life. So the first, the first one is, who is like you? That means God bears sins, you will have to also bear an insult. Anytime you get insulted, you should look at it as a chance to wipe yourself out. You could say, Hashem, I wasn't, I wasn't happy for two days. That person insulted me. I'm going to give them a forgiveness. You forgive me too. Remember, what, what stops blessings from coming at the end of the day? We know already our Creator wants to give us more than He, he, he can imagine. What stops it is when we sin. When we sin, that stops it. There's a blockage. We create a blockage. We disconnect. So what are we we're trying to now reconnect? So forgiveness allows you to reconnect. So the first attribute is who Hashem is like you. Just like Hashem lets things go, you have to let things go. The second attribute is He bears sins. Not only does He let things go, but he, He's also dealing with every single time you create a sin, there's a negative angel that's created. So all of a sudden, you created the sin, and now you have a negative angel. Who's sustaining that? The same thing. Even if somebody hurts you and caused you damage, you have to also let it go. It's a higher level. It means the worst insult, the more mercy. There's category one insults. There's category two insults. There's category three insults. So if you look at the, if you look at trauma itself, what is our job in trauma? Our job in trauma is not to understand evil, it's to overcome it. When, I'm a, when I forgive somebody for horrific things, by viewing that person's limitation, I get tremendous amount of mercy. I'm now a survivor. I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm now, I'm a co-creator. I'm now on the other side. I'm no longer, I'm no longer connected to that person anymore. But the more you are connected to the person, the, when you're holding things in, you're still connected to that person. That person's affecting you today. So imagine somebody did something five years ago to you, and you're still affected by it today. It's costing you $300 in therapy. Today. I mean, five years ago it happened, and you're paying for it right now. Or you could say, I'm going to forgive that person for no other reason than Hashem forgives. And I'm going to look at this chance because I need mercy. So the third attribute is the same thing. The third attribute is he removes the sin. He cleanses it. He doesn't hold. The fourth attribute. It's really important. This is not a Tehillim book, by the way. <laughs> this is, and, and again, when you ask people for forgiveness and you apologize, and you, even if you have to, you're going to see the amount of resistance it's going to take you to do this. You're going to feel a little nauseous. You're going to feel Pepto-Bismol. You're going you're gonna to almost throw up sometimes. And the more you want to throw up, and the more nauseous you are, that means it's really working. It should, it should bother you. You should be a little nauseous. Like you should say, I can't do this. That's a good sign. When you say, I can't do this, there's no way. Wow, what opportunities. The more nauseous, the more you don't want to do it, is the more you need to do it. But the more you, remember, the more you bring on, on archives, do you remember... You did this to me five years ago. You did that to me ten years ago. All you're doing is holding grudges. Again, we don't want people to... We want people to change. But there's an approach to do it. But you can't do it if you're angry. 
So again, the, four, the third attribute, he removes sin. The fourth, the fourth attribute, he talks about to the remnant of his inheritance. That means what God does is every single time that, you, that you're in pain, he's in pain. So he's also joining in your pain. So all of these attributes are the same thing. He casts away your sins. He doesn't hold resentment. That means when God cleanses you, he doesn't say, well, now you owe me one. He says, you're cleansed. He doesn't recall the past. He doesn't say, remember when you did this, when you were off to there? Remember when you did this? He let things go. He cast your sins into the sea. You have to live this life of Tomer Devorah. We could be here all day talking about the attributes. But I want to take some questions so you can understand pretty much what this is. And I'm trying to explain to you, as a woman, this is the most important thing you have to work on. Guys that do this, they're not, they're, their spiritual level, they're not growing. They don't have the Yetzirah like that. But women have more of an issue with this. Because God made you this way. He made you to have more issues with Kavod. And you have to just understand that this is my issue and I need help. And I don't think it's going to be, I don't think you're going to be able to do this without help from heaven. You might have to ask, creator of the world, can I please help me forgive that person? You're going to ask for help. That means you're going to have to ask for prayer to help. Anybody have any questions on this concept? Yes. I just wanted to thank you very much for your classes. I listen to it every day at work. I have like two sticky pads. And you're in my head all the time. I have tests left and right. It says let go and let God. Right. And I have everyone out. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful. You're amazing. You make a difference in everybody's lives. Again, I'm here just to deal with issues. When I see energy level of people and I see what's stopping them, I'm here just to deal with the emotional blockages that we all have. Anybody have any questions? Questions? That, yes. Isn't a part of letting go also like really releasing things that don't serve you? So in terms of like difficult people, isn't that a part of also elevating yourself by removing yourself from it? You could put a boundary, of course. There's times to put boundaries, but not be burnt out. But it doesn't mean that emotionally you are held. The fact that I could remove that difficult person because that person is just, he, he can't give. It could be a problem. But in my heart, I've released it. I know that that person is not well and I'm no longer affected by that. It doesn't mean tomorrow you're going to be best friends with the person. It means you've let go of any attachment to that person and your energy is no longer affected by that person. Do you understand? So it's extremely important. And eventually you do want to have peace. Remember what the cause of the Beit HaMikdash becoming destroyed. What do you think the cause of it? Baseless hatred. Judgment. Judgment is terrible for everybody. Mercy heals everything. But remember, if you have issues in your life where you could see this opportunity for you to let go, it's not about making sense. It's looking at that person as an opportunity. Don't focus on the person itself. Focus on the opportunity. Wow, this person robbed me and I've let go because I have a Muna that came from Hashem. You're on a much higher level now because after you thanked Hashem for that, you're now reopening up your own pipeline. You understand? The worst thing you could do is show up to new relationships with old Emotional scars. Yes or no? Because what are you going to do if you show up to a new relationship with all the emotional scars? What are you going to do? 
You're just going to take it on the next guy. What do, you, what do you think a trigger is? What do you think a trigger is? When I'm saying I'm triggered by something. I'm triggered because that's an area that I have not let go. Otherwise, you wouldn't be triggered. But I have to look at it as an opportunity. I can't look at the person. I don't want to get stuck in the details. Don't get stuck in the details. Look at the opportunity. Don't look at the people. This is an opportunity. It, it's not... You, you, sometimes we lose... We lose the big picture. We're looking at the... Uh, you're stuck on the tree. Look at the forest. That's what mindfulness does. It's saying, this person, what lesson am I learning from this person? What did, what did this person teach you? Teach me. Yes? You mentioned the happy and unhappy list that you asked. Um, I'm sorry, what's your question? You, you mentioned the happy and unhappy list that I can mention to my husband. But then, Correct. Okay, number one, there's no way trying to make any shalom bite by being nagging. Do you understand? You can't, he's not on trial. On September 2nd, you did this to me. On October 5th, you did this to me. Do you understand? Okay, but one second. First, we have to clear the energetic energy. By how? By appreciating him. I'm sure he does something good for you, correct? Do you remind him of that or no? Eh, not enough. Do you understand? So he's thinking, look at all I do. I kill myself at work. I do this, I do this. And here, all, my, all I'm doing is getting audited. So what do you want him to do? He's looking at you like you're not appreciating him. So you, if you want to change this, you have to do something by first, we don't address this issue. First, we, we compliment, we build a bond, and then you change it in a different state. Nobody's going to say, listen, this is my laundry list, I need you to fix it. No, no, first I need you to, I need to first connect with the customer first. <laughs> if I'm not connecting with the person first, this is not, he, he has to believe you're a different person. And he has to believe there's a possibility to change. If there's no possibility to change, he's not going to go do it for you. Yes. Years ago, holding it 